1: Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 65. It's summer and it's a very hot day. Mum and I are sheltering inside this afternoon and we're just about to go and attack the spare room up in the attic that literally nobody ever goes in because it's absolutely rammed to the hilt with boxes right up to the front, isn't it?
0: All our history in one room.
1: Yeah. So, mum thinks that there's a whole load of baby stuff, kids' stuff, books, toys, I don't know, you name it, sort of up there from when we were little. And so, we thought, you know, before we start buying too many things for our little girl, it would be a good idea to go through what we've got um, and just have a rootle around, really, and have a sort out. I don't know what we're going to
0: find, but it's going to be fun. <laughs>
1: I imagine it's going to be moth-infested, spider-infested. I don't know. that. I'm hoping it's going to be cool up there because it's far too hot to work outside in the farm. Let's go up and see what we can find. So many bat droppings on the stairs. It's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, they live up in the roof. (laughs) Okay.
1: This house is such a rabbit, Warren. It's completely bonkers. Mm. It all little... Nooks yes. and crannies leading up to one another. Um, so we're in the room now. It's incredibly low ceiling. The light switch is on the other side of the room where we can't get to because there's so many boxes so we can forget <laughs> about seeing much. We've just got one window in here for daylight. And it's it's an absolute mixture of old furniture there's
0: some kind of 70s bicycle in front of me. It's a chopper bicycle that was all the rage in the 70s. Oh, wow. It's the original that my nephew had.
1: It's, yeah, my God, 70s, 80s. I imagine it's quite a collector's item mm, now. Absolutely. There's old pictures here. Look, there's an old surfboard. What's that? A toboggan? S- toboggan. sled? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, old cabinets, old suitcases, old-fashioned suitcases, all boxes from when I moved down from London, old Charlie May boxes, my whole collection, old carpets. I mean, you name it. I sort of use you as a bit of a storage area for my own bits because I don't have enough room at home. Yes. So, yeah, I know, head scratch. I mean, it would be good to have a bit of a sort-out up here anyway. What is that? Some rusted... Old
0: box mum's just pulled out. This was my father's. This is a um, first aid kit. Oh, my God, is it? I've... Oh, yeah, wow. Lint and pla- What's lint? that? Lint? What do you do with lint? Lint. Well, you used to put, put lint over a dressing after you'd cleaned it before you bandaged yourself up. Okay. <laughs> iPad, medicated wound dressing, all still in its original packing look.
1: Oh, wow. That's proper old school packaging, isn't it? Everything's yeah. kept packaged in paper, not yes. a bit of plastic in sight.
0: Nope. I'm
1: seeing a hint of Oops. <laughs> I'm seeing a hint of children's toys that I would have remembered when I was younger, but I doubt anything turns on now. Play school. I see something that's good for baby. What's that there?
0: Well you call it a bassinet. I don't know what you call it, but it's I don't know how to get into it. it's all wrapped in plastic.
1: Well, it looks like a kind of baby basket. I don't know if this is sleep approved. I use this one. It was oh, given right. to
0: me by um mother-in-law, but it is a baby's basket.
1: I'm unsure about it. <laughs> it's
0: hideous. Well, that's why I never used it. <laughs> but it's historic.
1: Yeah, it certainly I is. I
0: think your father probably slept in there. Do you think?
1: Absolutely. Probably painted with lead paint or something. Probably. <laughs> Probably. right Le- oh god <laughs> the dust okay fine let's have a bit of a sort out then and once we find anything of interest i'll come back to the podcast otherwise it's going to be hours and hours of us just rootling so quick swig of tea mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> thank you i needed that
1: <laughs> we have spent ages going through the attic upstairs. But we've done so well. I'm so proud of us for going through all that stuff because I had no idea how far back a lot of it went. We went up there for baby things and we didn't do very well on that front,
0: did we? No. And I remember now all the things that were relative have been given to little brothers for their children's children and whatever. And all we've got left now in children's gear is toys that you had.
1: Yeah, we found umpteen little baby books and toys and things like that maybe when she's a bit older, i.e. six months plus, that she can start playing with. But at least we've put it all in, the, in a corner and we know what we've got. Yes. We have salvaged some very interesting paperwork, which I've gathered here on the table. I've been sifting through things of interest. And, I mean, some of this stuff goes back to 1915, well, 1916. 1915, yes, yes.
0: God knows what's in that box. We haven't looked at that one yet.
1: Old scrolls and things like that. How they used to do accounts.
0: <laughs> Possibly they'd stopped using quills by then, but you never know.
1: Oh my god! I mean, the amount of old jotting paper and things we found. Everything's written in yeah fountain pen, and it's Blotting quite beautiful, paper. really. Blotting paper and um, typed out letters and things like that. Granddad's family mm-hmm. brothers. They. Um, I found his a little cutting. Father. His father. I found a cutting here newspaper cutting it would have been from the wartime i imagine or just after 1918 that says food control devon and cattle for army as will be seen in our advertisement columns the following have been appointed official buyers for devon in connection with the scheme for the purchase of cattle for army purposes and one of them is wj may of barnstable kivel appointed chairman of the committee north devon and west devon so, um, and then I found letters from the Ministry of Food, um, which is quite funny. He seems like quite a stern fellow talking about, this is to certify that P.B. May, cattle dealer of Paltzable, is hereby authorised to take up surplus stock from the market, which he is appointed surplus agent and shall receive his commission for such duties in accordance with the scale and will continue to do so until such time as orders to the contrary are issued by me.
0: Sheep and cattle for Reading, Bath and Windsor Your auctioneers and Mr Isaac don't seem to be hitting it off very well. I should think the supplies of surplus sheep are getting too big for Mr Isaac to handle and I'm writing to you suggesting that you see him and arrange to take the surplus for one of the places at least. They require 400 for Bath and 400 for Reading per week. I do not know the number for Windsor but I will send you this definitely. I also told Colonel Riddick that I should undertake to send 20 beasts per week to Bath which no doubt you would be able to do from this time forth as long as they require it. I should be glad to receive an account setting forth any commission and flat rates that you have been allowed for each month and the number you have dealt with. I think you, Isaac and the auctioneers, will be able to come to some satisfactory arrangement respecting the surplus sheep from Barnstable Market and all the surrounding markets which are linked up with Barnstable. I have written to Mr Sanders Barnstable on the matter and I've also written to Mr Isaac to come and see you. Colonel Riddick has resigned his position and a major Edgerton has been appointed in his place. I remain yours faithfully.
1: <laughs> and then, oh, and
0: then this is one. the bossy. replying to your Dear sir, replying to yours of today, Reading and Bath come before Windsor. In fact, I've had nothing definite for Windsor, but only gave you permission to send some beasts there for the reasons that you told me they were starving. Bath and Reading must have 20 beasts and 400 sheep, Each per week. If there are any surplus, I don't see any objection in their going to Windsor. I understand you have had instructions and that it was clear to you that they were to send a telegram to the Livestock Commissioner in Exeter stating the number of animals sent to what place and the day of dispatch. I'm glad to know you think you will have no difficulty in fixing matters up with Isaac. I can assure you I have quite enough in this district without having to go to Barnstable to adjust matters between Mm -hmm. auctioneers dealers, with kind regards.
1: So what is a beast?
0: A beast is a bovine animal, a cow a steer, a a heifer, a bull. And your grandfather and all his brothers, they were livestock cattle dealers and they would go to all the markets everywhere. Every day they went to a market somewhere and they would be buying beasts and sheep. And this, I've got a bill here from the Great Western Railway Company where they have been, when is it? January 1917. And there's a bill here to send... Twelve medium beasts and six small beasts from Chichester to Bareham, which is another the old fashioned name for Barnstable, on the train, and they would have been delivered into Barnstable Market, and then the guys that worked for your grandparents would be down waiting with the dogs and they would drive the cattle back up to Tutshill, which was two or three miles. Through the town, the, <laughs> the dogs would dart up and down the side streets and keep them going up Backport Street and they would be delivered to Tutsill where they would recover and then they would be going on and to other markets or or wherever. These people in Bath, Windsor, whatever, that's where they would end up. And, um, I mean,
1: being that it was wartime, quite interestingly, I mean, on the back of this uh, newspaper cutting, it says jam making using sugar beet. I suppose sugar during wartime would have been impossible to get hold of. And so using sugar beet instead, somebody's recommending sugar beet is white fleshed and therefore does not discolour the jam just as ordinary beetroot would. And then we've also found food stamps as well, which is kind of crazy. I mean, I suppose rationing actually went on much longer than, I mean, your mum and dad knew rationing when they were younger, didn't they? So
0: yes definitely
1: and this is for a child fats
0: don't know what it means it's points so it's a little ticket system yeah points and then there's
1: like more in here but yeah I mean it's quite bonkers to think this one's been cut out but to go to the shop and to have to hand over a little stamp and say oh yes I'd like some margarine please or some butter supposedly because milk was difficult people wanted milk and so if butter and margarine was the extra step it was more difficult to make and come by so this, I found a little book here, which is unbelievable with the amount of different sheep and things that are being sent and the price as well. I mean, the amount of money that they were making back then for sending all these animals. I mean, well, actually, would this have been pounds or shillings? I don't...
0: Well, that's pounds, shillings and pence. Okay. And what does that mean? <laughs> Well, before decimalisation, that was the currency that we had.
1: But as a pound, then would that be a pound
0: now? And yes, then, okay, absolutely. Fine, so but that. there were twenty shillings in a pound, so that's eleven shillings there. So that's like fifty-five p. Right. And then tuppence. There were twelve pennies in the shilling, so that first. I mean, this month. is
1: August twenty-ninth. Thirty-eight beasts. One thousand two hundred and eighty-four pounds. Eleven. Shillings. Shillings and two, two pence. pence. That's a staggering amount of money for a hundred years ago.
0: Absolutely. Farming was lucrative right right up really till the nineties and then it all started to change. This isn't
1: this isn't just because of the war being that things were more scarce and
0: therefore you got paid more for them. I mean surely you'd think there'd be less money around. Yeah, it's it's crazy numbers, isn't it, really? You can see why these guys they just they knew what a good beast looked like. They would go in the ring in you know, auctioneers ring they would buy all these things they would have drovers that would take them to the railway station if it wasn't too far they'd have a lorry but mostly it was on the trains
1: I mean I guess I just blows my mind to think that animals were being driven all around the country by train when I would think 100 years ago London would have been very rural and you would have had farms and you know everybody would have had their own sheep and cattle and everything surely locally so yeah just the idea of it being sent from Devon up to London and
0: Windsor and you know those places were still cities and there was a lot more meat eaten in those days. That's true. People used to eat meat and nothing else. Mm. Beef was cheaper than chicken.
1: I mean, that kind of makes sense cause it's such a huge animal versus I don't, I don't understand how chicken is able to be so cheap these days. Well, I do. It's very poor welfare, but... Yeah. Um, We found so many old things in terms of, you know, old shaving gear and little cigarette boxes and lighters and stopwatches. I found some
0: bullets. I mean, you said that granddad was in a sort of Dad's Army type of regiment. He was the captain mannering of Dad's Army <laughs> around here. Yes, he was Major May. Because he was a farmer, he wasn't allowed to join up. Oh he my. had to look after the area and provide people with food. So in his spare time, He was the Captain Mannering in Dad's Army. Well, hopefully he was a little better than Captain Mannering, but but this is probably part of what he had because obviously they were provided with pistols and rifles and goodness knows what uniform and most of that stuff that he had has been given to Barnstable Museum.
1: I found, what else have I got? I've got a pumpkin. So dad was very big on his pumpkins, which obviously I'm about to follow in his footsteps with my pumpkin patch that's growing right now.
0: Your dad used to love, they, there was a group of friends that always every year had a pumpkin growing competition and then he would have his biggest pumpkin and we would go to somebody's house. The whole supper was made up of pumpkin, so you'd end up with pumpkin pie and pumpkin soup and pumpkin oh, I hated it. And then they'd have a weigh in and the person with the biggest pumpkin got a little silver cup, which he looked after for a year until next year.
1: So wasn't his trick beer urine or he would drink beer and then he pee used on the to call pumpkin? It recycled bass. <laughs> bass was the beer. So, this said, this guy in this article claims how he makes his pumpkins growing so big is using the urine from pregnant cows, oh. which apparently is the hormones within the pregnant cow. I don't think I'll be going out there and urinating on our oh, 15,000 pumpkins, however many we've got. <sighs> Thank goodness. <sighs> um, now, we found, I found an invoice here from the Wool Board, 18th of June, 1973. We have to do a bit of maths here, don't we, actually, to figure out what it is. Because it's all price per pound, which doesn't mean anything to me. When we talk about how the price of wool used to cover the cost of the farm, because we found an invoice that to rent this farm when Dad was first
0: renting it for a year was how much? 250 250 for six months. So it was £500 pounds a year. Okay.
1: And then this, the total bill of the wool is seven hundred and seventy-four pounds eighty-two.
0: Yes. So yeah, it, so it really paid did. the rent for the farm for the year. There was a lot of money to be made from wool.
1: But everything was made of wool, wasn't
0: it? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And it's a shame. It costs so much now to shear the sheep, but you've got to do it on welfare grounds. It's like wearing lots of overcoats. If you went through a heated summer and weren't allowed to take your overcoat off, it's not fair, is it? No. So we take it off because it's better for the sheep and they're happy once they've got it. But of course, these days, the wool board are offering 18 pence a fleece, uh, 18 pence a kilo rather, Mm -hmm. which is nothing and it costs nearly two pounds to shear the sheep. And there's only two or three kilos on a sheep.
1: So we've just done some quick arithmetic And converted pounds to kilograms and how much this invoice says that they would have been paid for. And how much is it pence per kilogram? 55 pence. So 55 pence a kilogram back in 1973. But
0: they've all been graded, so it depends on the grade as to what quality you've got. Yes. You see some are worth more than others. That one's 20 pence, that one's 22, that one's 25.
1: But you could argue that these days the highest you're getting paid for is 40 pence a kilo. You're not getting anything no, more than no, that not at all um, and this was in 1973 so when you consider the cost of inflation i mean like we were just talking about the rent for the farm was 500 pounds versus now oh here we are price
0: and then they make deductions fault codes oh look you know they give you the money and then they start taking it away but that's the wall board for you
1: <laughs> that's never changed
0: no interesting oh, well though. no really interesting really paying, they were paying double yes what we're paying now and that was in 1970, what was it, 1973. So there was more money to be had in wool. It paid the rent on your farm.
1: I found um, something, I found a box full, and I can't, bring myself to throw them away. I think one day Harry and I will have to sit and go through them. But I found a box full of letters that dad would have sent
0: from boarding school. Every Saturday they had to sit down and write a letter home to mummy and daddy. Yes. I mean, there's a whole box of them. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's just... Yeah, every yeah. one mummy and daddy have kept. This
1: one says, dear mummy and daddy, I hope you are well. I'm not. <laughs> And is that sanitarium? I'm yes. now in the sanitarium with one side of my neck hurting when I touch it. It's something to do with my glands and I've not found out exactly what it is yet but I'm taking penicillin. Yeah oh bless him and I mean he talks about how he he's still really hungry and things like that. I mean he always talks about his memory of um, boarding
0: school just being very hungry doesn't he? Well they had this archaic system where you had mixed ages on each table you had the prefect at the top who was one of the old boys and then they went down to ages to the little boys at the end who were really tiddlers the food would come round to the table and it always went to the oldest boys first and they always stuffed themselves and by the time it got to the babies at the end there was nothing left and they didn't get any more and the old boys had the ability to call the food back. If they wanted seconds, they would woof their food down and call the food back so that they get seconds before the ones at the other end even had firsts. Oh, that's so mean. Yeah, so your dad was always hungry.
1: We went to Cranley School, didn't we? And he, yes. he
0: showed us, this is the chair I used to stick my head in when I got a beating or got a smack yeah, or what to was go it, the, a cane? He had to go to the headmaster's office for a beating and that was the chair you put your head in while you had your backside smacked with a cane. I'm glad times have changed for my daughter. (laughs) Oh, God, it's so sad. Dear mummy and daddy, I hope you're well. I am not. I think (laughs) that's lovely
1: ah the good old days check them out they're a nice place to visit but not to live in the meantime you can follow us on instagram at back to earth podcast on twitter at back to earth pod and on tiktok at back to earth charlie music is by john day artwork is by eric chow and this episode was edited by my tired husband david knight thank you guys and thank you for listening <laughs> If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And why don't you check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye guys! What was, that? <laughs> it was a snore? Why would you be snoring? Because you're tired. And uh, I'm tired and we're both so tired.